Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Nova Scotia Mass Casualty Commission is again demanding, by way of subpoena, it's not the first time, that Ottawa turn over any and all documents relating to the murders of 22 people on the 18th of April, 2020. The Commission also wants to know why any documentation was withheld at all, since it was all requested in 2020. Let me ask the studio to put my guests up on the phone, please. Also, the families of murder victims during the mass shootings are questioning whether they'll continue to engage and uh, cooperate with the inquiry into the murders because key witnesses are being shielded from cross-examination. A lot is taking place. We have back with us Mr. Scott McLeod, his brother Sean, and his brother's partner, Alana Jenkins, were among Wortman's 22 victims. How are you, Scott? Not too bad at all, thank you. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. I wish the situation were somewhat different or significantly different, but there's one way to get the situation moving, and that's to shine a light on it. I agree, 100%. Paul Polango, investigative reporter. His book is 22 Murders which chronicles the events and points to inconsistencies in the RCMP's actions and explanations. And Mr. Palango continues to release information and stories which are appearing on the Frank Magazine website. How are you, Paul? Fine. Glad, glad to be back on another Saturday with you, Roy. I'm starting to, be, uh, starting to be an event here. We need to sit down and have some beers one day. We're, we're a little far apart at the moment. I'm actually in Moncton, uh, and I actually saw Scott today at Chapters where I was doing a book signing. Yeah, good. So, look, uh, let me start with you, Paul. The Mass Casualty Commission sends another subpoena to the RCMP and the federal government demanding all documents relating to the investigation, and they want answers why key pages of documentation was withheld for months. Would you start with that, please, Paul, and explain where we are and what the current situation is per your investigation? Well, the situation is that it's quite clear that the Mass Casualty Commission is not addressing the criminal activities of criminal associations of Gabriel Wortman, the shooter, in the years prior to the um, uh, massacres. And one of the reasons we, we, we believe and we've been told by sources is that if you go into that area, the RCMP will have to reveal what it was doing and not doing, and the, the strong possibility that Wortman or someone around him was a police informant or agent in the days and the weeks, months leading up to the massacres. And so the RCMP has gone out of its way, and the government of Canada, which is, is sort of interjected itself in this, has gone out of its way to not to obscure things, not release everything. And one of the things that's missing in this latest request is not only are they asking for documents and what you know that they haven't received, but there's no question about the RCMP destroying documents. We have that documented in the book. I have the the memorandum uh, showing the the RCMP memorandum. Uh, about a moratorium on the destruction of evidence in this case. And the, the, the evidence is, and it's quite clear that the RCMP was destroying evidence in the summer of 2020 and the fall of 2020 and the months afterwards. So what were they destroying and why were they destroying it? 
Scott, when you hear Paul and uh, when you think about, and you're, you're much closer to this than most anyone in this country, it's affected you and affects you daily, that the Mass Casualty Commission is demanding by subpoena that uh, the federal government, the RCMP, turn over all documents relating to the murders of 22 people, including your brother and his life partner, What's what does it what does it do to you to, to to hear this kind of to and fro back and forth? We need this. We want that. Why are you withholding this? Keeping in mind that at the very beginning there wasn't even going to be an inquiry, a public inquiry it wasn't even on, on the agenda at the very beginning. How does this affect you? Well, trying to you know from the beginning, I've just information is all I've ever been after, and until I met Paul. I mean, I was only getting the dribs and drabs that were coming out. And once they started with this, I mean, I've heard of them destroying evidence. They come back to my parents wanting more DNA samples from my parents. And it's like, I, we asked them why we get five or six different stories between Constable Bent and Superintendent Campbell. Uh, and none of the stories are the same. Like, just... If you've got information, they they told me in the beginning, it's well, it's not a criminal investigation. All right, then why are you withholding everything and and not not bringing it forward? If it's not a criminal investigation, then you're not. There's nothing you should be protecting. So bring it out. But now they're just, you know, it it's like the old saying goes: pulling teeth from a hand, trying to get information from anybody because nobody wants to give anything up or admit to anything. Yeah, you know, when we we think about uh, Superintendent Campbell, he, of course, made headlines across the country when uh, his notes and his memory and his recollection of a a meeting, phone meeting with the commissioner of the RCMP was that um, the the commissioner wanted to have the information about the weapons that were being used released publicly so it would help the liberals with their gun ban legislation Bill Blair, then the public safety minister, said he had no such conversations with uh, with the commissioner, and uh, the same is coming out of the PMO. Scott, do you believe them? It's hard to know what to believe anymore because everybody's stories change. Everybody points a finger at somebody else. Um, you know, what, what story is the, the whole truth? What story is uh, giving it a different spin? What story is leaving out a little piece of key information so that it doesn't sound bad on somebody. If they're, if they're trying to use this as a, a platform for any government agenda, it's it's a disgusting display because this is not an agenda for political issues. This is a this is a an investigative thing where families and friends and people in general just are just trying to get the actual information to see what what happened here and why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't um, this isn't theoretical for you and the families. These are your family members. These are your loved ones who were murdered, and you want information. And now you're at the point where, as a group, you, you're thinking as families, you may not cooperate with the inquiry any further. Tell us about that. Well, I mean, you, like just this week coming up, uh, Lisa Banfield will be taking the stand. And when they announced that, they also announced the fact that Lisa Banfield would not be cross-examined. Uh, the, the 
family lawyers could submit questions that only the commission lawyers would be able to ask. And that'll only be questions that they approve. And like talking with my lawyer, I can only add, I can only submit questions to my lawyer that pertain to me and specific incident. Like I'm sitting here looking at the whole picture. I can't submit stuff on anything else. I got to do just that. But I mean, I've got questions on the whole thing because it's all one big piece. So why why can't we get the information? She's as big a part of this as anything. She was one of the last couple of people that spent the day with her, uh, with him, the day that this all started. And from everything that's come out, she doesn't look like she's a victim because it, just the way it's come out, she was unscathed coming out of the woods after supposedly spending a whole night in the woods with no outer gear on for the for the weather. She'd have died from hypothermia long before she ever come out of the woods. So, I mean, let, let us speak, let her speak, let us ask questions. You should be allowed to ask questions. That should be just Absolutely. fundamental. And Lisa Banfield was a Wardman's partner. Paul, right now, so, you know, the subpoenas have been sent by the Mass Casualty Commission. Right now, we don't know if Ottawa is withholding information or documentation from this commission. We don't know how much they might be withholding. What what do we need to know and what do you suspect we don't know? Well, what we don't know is about the criminal behavior. And that's what I focused on in the last couple of days, in the last three articles I wrote in Frank this week, like 7,000 words worth. And what I did was uh, I eventually contacted, and this shows you how it works and, and how the government's trying to shape a narrative like by pounding a square peg into a diminishing round hole. They don't want anyone associated with Wortman's criminal life coming forward. And I found Rob Doucette, who was allegedly his carpenter, but I've showed over a series of three stories that Doucette was aware of all the criminality, a lot of the criminality, the smuggling of sniper weapons across, a sniper gun across uh, uh, the border, uh, the the possession of nail grenades, and that special compartments were built for the nail grenades, which could only usually be used by bikers. I showed the, the, the relationships that Doucette had and his, his, his uh, other relationships that, that really challenged the Lisa Banfield story or the narrative that they had this white picket fence life that suddenly went bad, that she was obviously there when all of this criminality was going on. And in the final story yesterday or the day before, I was able to show that um, Rob Doucette did a, uh, a tape of an unusual conversation in 2004 where the police showed up, RCMP showed up, and were questioning Wortman about a murdered man and, and, and his, the last time he saw this murdered man, Kevin Petrie. So he was a person of interest in 2004 in the murder, but this has never come out from the inquiry, and they've avoided this kind of thing. And the interesting thing about Petrie, since I've written the article, I've learned more about him and his close relationship to the Hells Angels and his his relationship to Wortman, so that Lisa Banfield had to know all of this stuff as well, And but she's not going to be allowed to be questioned. 
So that tells you in a nutshell the problem with this inquiry and the federal government approach to trying to suppress information. Yeah. Paul, when you have the RCMP questioning themselves, you've got Superintendent Campbell um, talking about that, or releasing notes about that meeting with, uh, with the commissioner in which she was, well, she's apologized for her behavior in that meeting, and there were questions about uh, really whether the federal liberals pushed the commissioner to provide information on the guns that Wartman used in order to uh, make it a little easier for them or more palatable for them with Canadians to pass their uh, gun possession, firearms possession legislation. When you have the RCMP turning on the RCMP and the federal government not answering questions, and I spoke with Tim Mills as well, who was the the uh, tactical team um, lead in, on that night, and uh, Mr. Mills uh, spoke really at length about how dissatisfied and disturbed he is about the way his team was treated by senior officers. It looks like there are a lot of issues going on at the top, Paul, that uh, that they don't want to filter down. Am I am I am I onto something here? No, you're absolutely onto it. I mean, there was an article I noticed this morning that was uh, appeared a couple of days ago in the Hamilton Spectator and other papers from Mr. Kennedy, who is a former uh, RCMP uh, complaints commissioner. And he says he hits the nail right on the head. The issue with the RCMP, be it sexism, the performance here, all the harassment and bullying, it's underperformance, et cetera, is the, the problem is the structure of the force. The force is, is poorly structured. It's outlived its usefulness, and uh, but it has become a tool of the federal government, and it's politicized. It's all the things a police force should not be in a, in a democratic country. So the, the government and, you know, the government got the federal and the provincial level have to deal with this, and it's such a big thing to deal with that they're doing everything they can to avoid dealing with it, even in even in the face of this egregious behavior by the force. Scott, what do you want to add to this? Well, as far as the the senior structure goes, um, I I think it's just too many people trying to be the one in charge, and when something does go wrong then you're seeing everybody point a finger at somebody else. So everybody wants the responsibility, but no one wants to be responsible. And, you know, when they start telling people this person was in charge and this person was in charge, and you, it's, it's confusion amongst everybody. If you've got four different staff sergeants that are sitting running a show, well, which staff sergeant are you supposed to be listening to? When you get up into the higher tiers of the people that don't even work out of the, the local area that, you know, they're never boots on the ground, uh, sit back and do your political stuff the way it should be done. Um, talking with uh, Chief McNeil from the Toronto Police Department, I mean, the structure works so much better. Dave McNeil runs the show. Dave doesn't have to give directions to this constable and that constable. He's got his supervisors that are on the road, his, his corporals and sergeants, that can do their job. If they need to go up, there's a, there's a small chain of command to go up. Instead of having all these different people, um, they, they just there's too many people yeah. sitting in these high-power positions. 
If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 